It's the only podcast that broadcasts 438 miles between each other here on a cold, chilly November evening as dusk begins the fall here in College Station, and I'm assuming in Lubbock as well. Glad to have you with us here on the fifth quarter podcast, episode number 11 for the second season, episode number 31 overall. George Koff here in College Station with you alongside my co-host and good friend Desmond McLaughlin in Lubbock. Let's check in in Lubbock. Desmond, how are you doing on this November the 8th? I'm pretty good, George. Uh, it was a bit chilly today, but, you know, I didn't really didn't need a need for sweatshirts, you know, it wasn't too cold. Um, you know, I'm happy it's the weekend. Happy we got a game tomorrow. We're off that bye week, and I'm pretty excited. Yeah, you know, they say when the weather starts to get colder, it means the football is getting hotter. So um, we are in the best part of the year. We got college football starting to get into its home stretch and college basketball just just starting as well as the NBA, NFL getting into the good part of the NFL. So, you know, this is a time to be alive here, sports fan, waiting, waiting for the MLB to come back around. Free agency starts in a few weeks, as well as the uh, NHL in full, full uh swing so we should have a good lots to talk about here and lots to be able to watch over the next few months all right desmond you ready to get into this one we and recap week 10 of the 2019 season let's get this george all right all right so a&m obviously took on a a uh, opponent the texas san antonio roadrunners you know they're really not that big of an opponent but it still is a home game at kyle field and you still have to take advantage of it and for the first time, actually second really of the season, but the first real time, it looked like AM struggled after out of a 11 o'clock start. They didn't look like themselves. They let UTSA come down and score a, a, a nice 70-yard scoring drive with a two-yard uh, rushing touchdown by their quarterback. And then, you know, AM gets the ball at the 40-yard line, first and 10, immediately right after the touchdown, Spiller takes it through the gut. Um, and my friends will tell you, I said that that's a bad play. Like the way that they had formed the, the formation when they were looking at setting up, I'm like, oh, I don't like that formation. And what does Spiller do? Just run right through the gap for a 60-yard touchdown run. So uh, initially I thought it was bad. It obviously turned into good. Aggies got the 45-14 to 14 win. Uh, clinched bowl eligibility for the 11th straight year. Uh, Desmond, what did you see from that game in College Station last weekend? Well, George, you're right. I'm so, I was surprised because um, I think it was like 14-7 after the first quarter. Correct. If I knew it would be a blowout, I mean, come on. I'm talking about UTSA here. Come on. No, no, offense, no offense against them, but you know, we're just being realistic here. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I want to give credit where credit is due, though. Uh, their quarterback, Narcisse, I believe is, is how you say it, he uh, went out with a concussion, I learned later. Uh my friends and I were a little bit confused. He got big, pretty big hit by Anthony Hines um, and late in the third quarter. And then for the rest of the game, they had this other guy in where, and he didn't do anything effective, anything. And my friend, I looked over to my friend and said, I said, can we get the other guy back in? And then later I found out he had a concussion and was ruled out for the second half. But Narcisse had an effective day against an Aggie defense that has been kind of up and down when you look at it. So UTSA might be able to get bowl eligible. They've got a tough three-game stretch remaining. They're, they've got to get three, two wins. They're four and five. They've got to get the two wins uh, to get to that bowl eligibility status. But uh, we'll, so we'll see what happens. Either way, it was a good game. Um, nice weather. You know, we you know have one more home game left. 
in South Carolina next week, but you go into the second bye week on a really good note. You won yet again. You know, last time A&M beat Arkansas going into the bye week. This week, this this time A&M beat UTSA going into the bye week. And I think having that bye week right, right before the last big three games of the season, South Carolina, L, uh, Georgia, and LSU, with the last two being on the road, it's going to mean a lot. What what do you what do you expect to see from this Aggie? Uh, team as we go into the final three games of the season. Well, George, I forgot. I forget what I expected the record to be. Do you? I want to say you said something maybe seven and five or eight and four. No, I'm mean like, I mean, like, because there was a certain point when I said that I wanted, I thought the record would end that way with the winning, with the winning percentage the rest of the games. But I don't, I, I think, I think they'll win in two of the last few games. I don't see. I don't see them being Georgia. I don't see them being LSU. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, George. I don't, I don't see it. So you see, think seven and five is likely the yeah. record. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, according to all these ESPN uh, prediction guys, I believe even with that record is what they're predicting. They're still saying that A and M is going to go to the Outback Bowl. Um, I feel that like the only reason why that's going to happen is because the SEC is so top heavy this year and. You know, you may get two teams in the playoff, which means then the SEC's third place team is going to be put in the Sugar Bowl, which then means the fourth place team is going to be put wherever else, you know, even into another New Year's Six Bowl. So then you get, you know, your selection gets very thin and all of a sudden you're looking at, oh, the best bowl right now is the Outback and needs an SEC team. We're going to put a and in. Um, I believe the, the biggest prediction in, right now is Minnesota versus A&M. So that would be a good one. I honestly would take Minnesota. Um, in that game, just because I feel like they've got a better and more solid office. But, you know, you got to wait till bowl selection Sunday to see what exactly happens. Meanwhile, we're not really talking bowl eligibility yet. In Lubbock, Desmond, a Texas Tech is looking at a potential winning. You got to win three games in four in four attempts to get to six wins. You've got West Virginia, TCU, a ranked Kansas State, and Texas remaining on the schedule. In your eyes, in your best eyes, do you see Texas Tech qualifying for bowl season? Yes. Okay. And why? Well, which games do you think they drop? Which, 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 uh, what, of those four games, which game do they drop? And which games, obviously, the other three they're going to win? Texas or Kansas? Do they? I think, lose? I think they're gonna lose to TCU. Oh, you think they get an upset over Kansas State and Texas? Yes, and let me tell you this, George. Let me tell you right now. Let me close the screen. We are beating Texas this year. Okay, I mean that's not un that's not you know implausible. You play them in Austin on Thanksgiving on Black Friday, Thanksgiving weekend. Which sucks. Um, do you, you know, coming off of a bye week, you take on, you get an 11 a.m. start in Morgantown in West Virginia. What are you looking forward to seeing? What do you think you need to be able to see that will convince you that the Red Raiders will be able to get these three wins? I'll see, just hope, George, because I really can't provide any. St 
statistical proof to it. It's just hope. Okay. Well, okay. So, so you're you're relying that you're relying on luck and the fact that and eh, whatever happens happens. You're not really focused right. on That's well. We have it, bro. You've seen it. We played good against Baylor, arguably one of the top ten teams in the league. Should have won that game. Hmm. Then we can play trash against Kansas, Iowa State. You know what I'm saying? You never know. Well, the, as I mentioned, they play at 11 o'clock here on the road. Last time we saw them in action, they lost to a Kansas team that ended up getting thwomped at home against Kansas State last week. What do you want? What do you think is going to happen in this week's game? I. I, honestly, George, I'm just I'm just hoping for a win. <laughs> so what do you got? Point, just, what do you got? For prediction, a prediction. 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 30-24. Tech. So two scores. Yeah, yes, and but I think that if we do lose, I want to know Coach Ball's mindset. I know, like, I don't know if you heard, but he's going through those allegations about him allowing um, a former Utah State player play on the team. I think he had like some sexual allegations against him, and Coach Hill's been dealing with that the last week. So I wonder if that will affect his mindset. So if that does come into play here, does that mean that his long term, him his long term status at Texas Tech is that gonna be affected, or is it only because he's he denied it? Of course, obviously. Um, I mean, obviously, I don't, I don't know him, but I don't. I feel like he wouldn't be that type of dude, you know. Um, I just, I don't think, I don't think it's something too big yet. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying like, it's like, whatever, like, it's not wrong. I'm just saying like, to the, like, I'm not worried about him losing anything yet, you know, until there's more proof, you know what I'm saying? Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me personally, um, I feel like if the Red Raiders are going to win, Jet Duffy has to show up and he has to be good. Um, and I do think that will happen. I got the Red Raiders by three, 41-38. I think this is a high-scoring game. Um, I West Virginia is not good, but it looked, you know, look what they did to Baylor. They took Baylor down to the very last few drives, and I feel like they can do that with Texas Tech. Hey, we did the same thing, all right. We got screwed over by a call. Let's not forget about that. So. I want to go back to that call just for a second before we get to the rest of the um, of the podcast. Do you believe that that call has changed? It kind of was the call that kind of changed the the outlook for the season. I mean, because before that, before that, we were looking at a three and three Texas Tech team team that had just come off of an, a win over Oklahoma State, had just. Um, had lost to Oklahoma, had looked like they were trending in the right direction. Then you get to Baylor, you pick off Brewer three times, can't capitalize, still yet you're in the game, and then you get a bad call that leads to three losses, two losses in three games. Yeah, I'm not saying that it, like, is completely the reason, but I think it helped because, again, you said we were a 3-3 three three team, came off a win against Oklahoma State, very good game who everyone thought we were going to lose to. Then you play against a ranked Baylor team who was 11, I believe. I don't know. I don't even know. But they were ranked at the time. They were like um, 20th or something. 20, 20, yeah, yeah. No, maybe they weren't even ranked. I don't know. No, no, they were definitely ranked. Um, they were ranked at the time. And 
You play a great game. You played best defense ever. And you end up with a loss and all of that hard effort. You know what I'm saying? It will get to your head off a call like that. So now you're sitting at a three and four season. You're thinking, like, you still got to play Texas. You still got to play K-State. And, like, you just played a great great game against one of the best Big 12 teams. You know, after that, you're basically out of the Big 12 race. So, you know, it kind of affects the season. Yeah, Baylor was ranked 22nd at the time when they played Texas Tech in that 33-30 to double overtime victory over the Red Raiders. All right, uh, speaking of Baylor and rankings, let's get into that. We're going to move forward. Um, again, before we get to that, though, you can watch the Texas Tech game at 11 a.m. tomorrow um, on ESPN2. And for some reason, Vegas has Texas Tech as a favorite. They're a two-and-a-half-point favorite, so look to see if they – cover that or not all right we'll get into the rankings uh desmond i know i'm pretty sure you probably saw the rankings you know it's friday we're already getting to the point where we're 24 hours to kick off for some of these games honestly i wasn't too surprised in fact my top five was very similar to what the college football playoff had um you know and for that i really didn't change it much the only thing i have changed is my four and five teams and I'll reveal reveal those in just a second. Um, but did you have any initial thoughts about the top five? Were you not happy about it, or you did you agree with it? George, my top five is completely different. Okay. Kind of. After the, after the third position. All right. So obviously I'm going to go Ohio State. I agree. They beat they beat Wisconsin 37. Wisconsin is not a bad team. Uh, hey Desmond, I think uh, I think the college football playoff committee must be listening to the fifth quarter because exactly. we're finally on agreement here that Ohio State is the number one. And they have been. They have been. And Kirk Herbstreit. Kirk Herbstreit's been very, very adamant that Ohio State's the best team in the nation. So to all of those Buckeye fans that I know listen to the podcast, you're welcome. You're welcome for getting some respect on the Buckeyes. All right. <laughs> all right, Desmond, you have Ohio State one. Go to. Two for two Bama. for five. Go through Bama. two. Bama two. LSU okay. three. LSU three. They, they they did beat Auburn by three. That was a close game. Good game by them. I'm gonna put Georgia four. Oh, three I'm SEC t- teams in the top four. George, I believe I believe George is a better team than Clemson and Penn State. And okay. I know, I know people are judging for this. But we got to keep the Big 12 in there. Oklahoma at five. They had one miss. One game. One game, George. One game. They played bad in. It happens. Desmond, you're four and five. We're 20-point favorites and lost. Okay? They – I don't – Okay, here's my top five. That's not that out but of normal. Think about, think, about, think about George. At the end of the season, besides Georgia, Oklahoma still has a chance of making the, the playoffs. Yeah, if they, if they beat the Baylor game. twice, if they beat Baylor twice, which you know they're maybe beat them once, who knows if they can beat them a second time. And I'm also uh, surprised. That, I'm also a little surprised that Oklahoma is um. They're ninth, by the way. What? Oklahoma is ranked ninth in the last in this past in the rankings first. Cultural playoffs first rankings. They're ranked ninth, which my is question, my question. Where's Baylor? Baylor's number twelve, and so is Minnesota, who's the other uh, unbeaten, is at seventeen. 
Uh, they're the yeah, two. They're the two lowest unbeaten's, and uh, what the committee said was due to their out of conference schedule. Um, I think East Wisconsin Baylor should be in top ten at, at least. Oh, they should be over Florida, Auburn, who's ten and eleven. Maybe even Utah, who's eight. Um, but back to your whole thing with Oklahoma. Oklahoma is ninth in these last rankings, and that is concurrent with the AP poll. The AP poll had Oklahoma at ninth. So um, I don't know. I, I kind of buy into what you're saying. You know, lost to a ranked Kansas State team that does mean a, mean some. And Georgia had a loss to an unranked South Carolina team that is not really doing anything, and for all we know, may not even get to bowl eligibility. Uh, I, I, here's my top five. I've got Ohio State like you do at one, uh, and just like the committee does. Number two, I go with the committee, LSU. LSU's been better than Bama. Obviously, that will be put to the test this week. Number three, I have Alabama. Uh, I just think because of Tua's uh, status is unknown and what he, uh, Arkansas, what ain't, uh, Bama had to do the Arkansas and Tennessee, and you kind of look at it. Yes, there's the 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 results were there, but I just feel like LSU is a better team. Number four, this is where I start to disagree. Penn State is good. Committee had them at four. For me, I just don't see it. I don't, I don't see, I don't see the, the, if you're looking at out of conference uh, weakness, they played Buffalo and they played, uh, they played Buffalo. They played maybe Penn State. They played Pitt out of conference. They played uh, if we're looking at Penn State, Penn State's schedule, and I'll t- pull this up here in just a second, they played Idaho, Buffalo, and Pitt as their three non-conference. They beat Idaho by 70, Buffalo by t- 32, and Pitt by a touchdown. Okay, that's not that's not the same same level as Baylor and Minnesota's out-of-conference schedule as far as I'm concerned. So my four, so I had Ohio State, LSU, Bama. My number four is Clemson. I believe Clemson is the, if you're looking at undefeated and you're looking at them, you can't look at what happened last year. You have to look at this year. Clemson is number four. And for me, number five, I actually think Oregon sneaks in there. Um, You could argue Utah could be that placement there. Um, but I think five is Oregon. And in my number six, if I had to choose a six who's just outside, I would put Georgia, strictly because the way that they've, the schedule they've played. But I wouldn't rule out Oklahoma either. I feel like you made a very good argument here with Oklahoma. And you look at it, they have a ranked loss. Georgia doesn't. Oklahoma has a loss, one loss only. And they're still trying to fight their way through the Big 12 and they control their own destiny in the Big 12. Uh, I have a question, and I, I know I know it might seem crazy, but I've been thinking about it, and the more I look at it, I'm not saying it's happened, but I think it's going to be possible. Is there a possibility that you might not even see an SEC team in the playoffs? You know, I was actually considering that as well, strictly because the SEC might beat up on everybody. So Bama, exactly. LSU, let's say, let's say LSU beats Alabama, okay? Let's say LSU then gets to the SEC championship, but they loses, lose. loses exactly. to a... Let's say loses to a two-loss Georgia, theoretically speaking. You're not going to put a two-loss SEC champion in. You're not going to exactly. put a two-loss Georgia. And LSU lost to a two-loss to over, a Georgia. Over, let's say, let's say Ohio State goes undefeated. Yeah. Wins, um, Clemson, obviously, I already think Clemson's going to – they're going to go undefeated. Yeah. And win. And then what happens to the Big 12? Oregon or Utah, you know what I'm saying? You have Oregon or Utah. And then what happens and to the Big, the Big 12? Exactly, Big 12, Exactly. So I feel like at this point, this is the week that's going to help us decide 
who, you know, you can't rule out anybody. You're down to the point of the season where as long as you have zero or one loss, you're kind of still in the conversation. That puts us at Ohio State, LSU, Alabama, Penn State, Clemson, Georgia, Oregon, Utah, Oklahoma, Florida, Baylor, Wisconsin, Michigan. No, Michigan has two losses. Wisconsin, uh, Minnesota. Even, I mean, it's not crazy, but even Wake Forest. Okay, hear me out about Wake Forest. They have one loss, and it was to a very good, a, a pretty decent Louisville team. Let's say they do the, the improbable and beat Clemson. Think about this, Desmond. If they do that, you know who would be leading that division? Who? Wake Forest. Because they would each, Clemson and Wake Forest would have one loss, and they would both, Wake Forest would own the tiebreaker. So then instead of a Clemson team that would be going to the ACC championship game, Wake Forest would. And then you get a Wake Forest one-loss team that wins the ACC. I feel like they kind of stand right up there with just about anybody. Uh, you know, would you put a one-loss Wake Forest team in over a undefeated Baylor? Potentially. Uh, I mean, I feel like at this point, as long as you have zero or one losses, you're still in the conversation. And, of course, the biggest games of the week, I keep moving here as, as we need to. We were going to talk about Willie Tiger. Of course, got fired from Florida State this week. Uh, quick thoughts, Desmond. Do you think Florida State is – do you think this was – Two questions. Do you think this was a positive thing for Florida State to do? And do you think um, how relevant or how many years is it going to take Florida State to finally get back on track and be in a position to win ACC championships and national championships? I, I don't really know much about it. All I'm going to say is I remember back in the Jameis Winston days. Remember that? I think Florida State had like the record for like most consecutive wins in a row. They did. They it was like 19 or something yeah. like that. They were trying to get back to where they were. Um, it really depends on who they hire. Could be three years, you know. I mean, we're seeing teams like Kansas, UNC, new hires, you know, who are like, they're not up there, but they're making names for themselves, you know what I'm saying? Right. Kansas is competing a little bit here in the Big 12. I remember I said four or five years, no, they're competing a little bit here. You know, they gave Texas run for the money, they beat us. So we'll have to wait and see, is what you're yeah. basically saying. Yeah. Okay. Um, of course, the biggest games of the week, we have, uh, for the first time in the AP poll era, uh, we have two undefeated matchups this late in the season at the, on the same weekend. That's LSU and Alabama in the AP poll, one versus two, uh, eight no apiece, and Penn State, Minnesota, five and 13th ranked, uh, respectively, also eight no apiece. We also have a big matchup in the Big 12, two big, big matchups as Kansas State, heads to Austin to face the Longhorns, and Baylor travels to Fort Worth to face the TCU Horn Frogs. And finally, in the big, in the big, uh, another matchup in the Big Ten, that's something to watch for, um, is, an, is the other rank, a top 25 ranked matchup as Iowa takes on Wisconsin, and that should be a good one. All right, Desmond, I'm going to call this our little, I'm going to call this a 90-second uh, breakdown. College basketball started this, uh, this past week. I will, uh, in 90 seconds or less, give me your thoughts about this past week in college basketball. Well, George, um, of course, you're going to always have Duke. Um, Kentucky, too, they beat the number one, Michigan State. 
I know it was early, but they did win. Uh, they're gonna be strong. Um, let me tell you this, George. Let me tell you this. Okay. Got you. Got seventy-five seconds, by the way. Jemias Ramsey, Texas State. We're going back this year, George. I feel it. You know, I went to the game. I was excited. They brought. They had this new Russian guy, uh, Andre. Oh, I don't even know how to pronounce the last name. Like Sakasa. Something like that. He he gets about three minutes per game. But I love that man. I remember I was I was yelling at Coach B and I was telling him, I was like, put Andre in. Five minutes later, Andre started running again. Okay. I mean, okay. He did he did ball his first shot, but you know, because he hits the right room too much. But you know, I'm ready. I'm ready for the season. Um I I do know that we're really happening up the game against Kentucky here. They're like they're giving like free like if you complete this challenge, you can like get free seats to Ooh. the Kentucky. You yeah. got thirty seconds, by the way. Um no, I'm just I'm just ready for the season. Um, I'm ready to see how Trey Jones does. I heard that he's a candidate for the Naismith Award. Um, I'm ready for Tyrese Maxey. Um, how he does with Kentucky. Those are my main ones. I think Duke and Kentucky will go far. Um, Michigan State's supposed to be pretty good. We'll see. All right, your turn, George. Oh, perfect timing, Desmond. Talk about beating the buzzer right there. Uh, you know, I want to say a looked pretty good. We have this guy from Turkey. Uh, we call his first name is Yuvaz, Yuvuz, Yuvuz, that's it, Yuvuz. So it sounds like booze when you're cheering for him, but it's Yuvuz. So, uh, and he had like nine points in the season opener or something like that. The Burrow is like 6'9 or something. He's ginormous and he's just playing post and just kind of getting the rebounds and can shoot if he has to. Um, AM has had some re- recent injuries. TJ Starks is going to be out for two to three weeks. Um, as well as Josh Nebo. We do not have a timetable on him. Buzz Williams, Coach Buzz Williams said that he was out with an undisclosed injury, did not even practice in the offseason, so we don't know what his status is. My guess is he'll come back maybe after, when we come back in January, um, maybe earlier. But we do get a really tough test early with Gonzaga coming to College Station, so that should be a good one. Admin Gilder, who's a grad transfer from from A&M, now playing for the Bulldogs, gets to uh, come back and his return to Reed Arena, so that should be a good one. We do get Oregon State at home as well. Uh, and, and in the SEC Big 12 Challenge, you were talking about you get uh, – do you guys get Kentucky in the SEC Big 12 Challenge, or is that just a regular non-conference matchup? I think it's a regular non-conference matchup. Okay. Um, for ours in the big in the SEC Big 12 Challenge, we get Oklahoma State here in Reed Arena, so that should be a good one. Other than that, we traveled to uh, Disney World, of all places, for, the, for our – uh, tournament, you know how everyone goes to a tournament, every, you know, like in Christmas time or, or Thanksgiving, Christmas time. We traveled to the uh, Orlando Invitational or whatever it's called. We play Harvard and then we'll either play Maryland or uh, Harvard again, or I don't know. I, we'll get three games. We guarantee three games and against either Harvard, Maryland. Uh, I want to say UCF is in that region or in that tournament. I could be wrong. Either way, it should be a good tournament. Should get us to get some uh, wins on our resume. I'm going to make a bold statement here. I think AM is going to finish above 10th place in the SEC out of 14. And I believe that will be because of their non conference schedule. I think that AM should be able to sneak in to the tournament. Um, 
I would, you know, obviously I'm hoping that will happen. It'll be our first time back to the tournament since two, 2017. Correction, 2000, yeah, 2017. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I'm, I'm hoping we get back to the tournament. And if we don't get back this year, this will be the last year we get we don't go to the tournament under Buzz. Otherwise, we'll just keep going up from there. Speaking of going up, hey, Desmond, I want to tell you, you got your upset pick right last week. Um, the Georgia Bulldogs took down the Florida Gators, and that was a upset pick versus upset pick. And the Bulldogs did it to my Gators. So uh, you're back to four and six, and I am too. So we're looking to try to keep that, keep that momentum moving as we have some big tests this week. All right, Desmond. No pun, in pun intended. Let's address the elephant in the room. LSU takes on Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Everyone's going to be there. Game day, SEC Nation, the president, let alone hundreds of 100,000 fans. Winner's going to control the SEC West. And for me, eight years ago, we saw the game of the century. That was a nine to six game. This year, game of the century part two, we get an offensive shootout. I like the Crimson Tide. Oh, gosh, it hates me. It tears me apart to say that. I like the Crimson Tide in this one by three, 43 to 40. Desmond, what about you? I'm so glad you agreed with me, George. Oh. I also, I also think Alabama's going to win this game. Um, I say, oh, George, every, every single week I've had Alabama ranked higher than LSU. This is what's going to do. Tua's going to do what Tua's going to do. What's your score? I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm ready to watch this game. I think this would be a really – I'm going to be so mad if this isn't like a game and one team just runs away with it. I'm going to be so upset. I mean, last year we had a 26 to nothing or 29 to nothing victory by Bama in Death Valley in a game that we thought was going to be even better and bigger and blah, blah, blah. blah. I, want, I, want a, I want a game like LSU and A&M was last year back and forth and just exciting i agree with you on that one um yeah and you know what we're not gonna have to wait much longer we got less than 24 hours before that game kicks off uh that's 2 30 kick on cbs so find your local cbs station and tune in should be a good one from tuscaloosa and if you're curious see who corso picks tune in to college game day at eight central nine eastern from Tuscaloosa. All right, Desmond, the other big undefeated matchup, Penn State, Minnesota. We talked about it already. Biggest test of the season for the Golden Gophers. Game day, I feel like, should have been here. More attention should be added at this game. Either way, um, I feel like Penn State's going to prove why the Penn State-Ohio State game is going to mean a lot to the playoff rankings and to, uh, to playoff implications. And because of that, I don't see the Minnesota being able to – I feel like Minnesota's going to be very close, just not be able to get over the hump. I've got the Nittany Lions, 31, Golden Gophers, 27. What about you? Yeah, George, I agree. I think Penn State just has too much firepower. Um, and I think they're ready. I have them on 38-10. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> 30 by, – by four touchdowns? 38-10? Yeah, four touchdowns? And B, George. Yay. So do you think do you think with this, do you think that takes Minnesota out of the rankings? Or do you believe that just 
kind of because they're already at 17. A loss like that would, I don't know, maybe just destroy them. I mean, it would be to the fourth best team in the yeah. nation. I think so. Okay. Okay. Well, again, that is ABC's 11 o'clock kickoff game from TCF Bank Stadium in Minneapolis. Penn State is a seven point favorite. So you can tune into that one. All right. The game Desmond mentioned about five minutes ago, Baylor TCU, or maybe at the top of our podcast, Baylor TCU. Um, Baylor is 11th ranked in the AP poll, 12th ranked in the college football playoffs. And of course, on the quest to an undefeated season, you're going to have some um, little trap games and little chances to lose. Just two weeks ago, we saw a Texas team that thought that they could maybe go into Fort Worth and get a win, and instead, TCU just handed it to them, like handed that handed that L to them, like you would um, a nice meal right on a silver platter. Um, I feel like apparently this game has a uh, title called the Revivalry. Revivalry, I don't know, because they're both Christian-related schools. Uh, Baylor being Baptist, TCU being Christian. And I feel like Baylor is going to continue on their perfect journey. I've got the Baylor Bears by 11, which means they would cover big time, cover the two-and-a-half-point spread. Desmond, what about you? George. This is where it ends. Oh, is this your upset? No, it's not. But this is an upset. George Baylor got away from us two weeks, three weeks ago. Sounds like you're salty. (laughs) TCU's not going to let that happen. It's going to be a high-scoring game, shootout, Big 12 offensive game, 59-49 TCU. I mean, I got a high-scoring game in 41 to 30, but 59 to 49 doesn't mean Matt Dugan, Duggan, whatever the TCU's quarterback's name, barely just got cleared to play today. You don't know what his status is going to be. And uh, Charlie Brewer, I don't know if he can sling it that well. I'll take your word for it. 59 49. You know, I don't know. Maybe are you thinking home crowd's going to play into that, or do you just think it's going to be oh, it's going to be all TCU by the beginning? Home crowd, I think Baylor's can go into it cocky. Ooh, well, we'll have to wait to see what happens there. Another 11 a.m. kick, That this one on FS1 from uh, Amon G. Carter in Fort Worth. All right, the other Big 12 matchup that's worth watching, not saying Texas Tech, West Virginia is worth watching, but this are against two big teams. Kansas State comes into this, into Austin ranked again in goes to face the Texas Longhorns. The Longhorns have gotten healthy after a much-needed bye week. Unfortunately, that's not going to do much for them here. Wildcats stay in the hunt for a Big 12 race. I've got the Kansas State Wildcats 37, Texas Longhorns 28. What about you, Desmond? George, I hate to say this, but this is my upset pick of the week. Good grief, Desmond. This one over TCU? Boy, yes. You really, okay. think, you really, you really think Kansas State's going to beat Texas? Yes, I do. I, I really do. They beat this Oklahoma team like it was cutting through butter, like slicing through butter. What are they going to do this Longhorn team? They're going to... It's going to be like they're chopping through some nice tender ribs and sending them back to... Uh, and leaving Austin with a win. George... Who have they beaten? Oklahoma. 
That's it. So one, that's two, enough to get me on the on the uh, one, Kansas State hype train. Seven, seven two. It should have been more than that, but okay. We're talking about a Texas team. Uh, no, I'm, you're right. You're right about them in the beginning when you said they're overhyped. You're totally right. They did lose to TCU. TCU is one of those sleeper teams, and they did lose to Oklahoma, one of the best teams in the. But they and the LSU. They kept the games against LSU and Oklahoma very close. Two very good teams. What's your score? I've, I don't. Honestly, George, I don't think it's going to be close. 42-28 Texas. I don't think it's going to be close. I think Kansas State, um, they should not be ranked based off one win. I can, tell you, I can tell you. Because teams have bad games. It, teams have great games. Teams have bad games. Yeah, but even if teams have even if teams have bad games, it, you're still you still deserve to get credited with big wins, and the big win was with Oklahoma. You that's you fun. you you took you took on a top five opponent at the time, and what did you do? You just dismantled them. They won by seven. They, okay, Desmond, this is that's a game that is when you look at the score, you're like, oh, that's not that's not what happened. It was thirty eight to, it was thirty eight to twenty, with. Five minutes to go. They had to let Oklahoma get some points on the board. Otherwise, it was going to look like, oh, Oklahoma didn't even show up to the game. They didn't show up. They didn't show up. And what did they have to do? They had to pray that an onside kick went their way. That's not, in my opinion, if you're relying on the onside kick, it means you've run out of time. You've run, you've shown that you've gone to every little miserable situation and you were just hoping for something to happen. At that point, that means your the other team deserves the win because they've dominated. I'll take your word that it's going to be an upset, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. That game is um, to, at 2.30 on ESPN and Texas, to the much chagrin of Desmond, is a touchdown favorite. So Thank you. Thank you. Technically, it wouldn't be an upset if we're talking Vegas, but if we're talking oh, Vegas. Okay, but you're just making it seem like Kansas State was a way better team. I, I am because they are. Go look at <laughs> go look at who look at what they did to a Kansas team that barely almost beat Texas. A Kansas team that almost beat Texas. What did they do? They went on the road. They buried them, and they said, "Thank you very much. Have a nice day." And are looking ahead to this game. That's all. I'm gonna leave at that because you know, I go, you know, go Wildcats. All right, we got a few games to finish here, so we need to get going. Yes, Kansas State. Iowa, Iowa, Wisconsin, top 25 clash. I feel like this is only intriguing because of the rankings, um, and I don't know why Iowa is still ranked. I've got another dud by the Hawkeyes. Play jump around in the fourth quarter with this game sealed like a nice little gift wisconsin wins big big 41 to 20. no i, I got you good at that i have wisconsin winning pretty big too 38 to 17. yeah this iowa team does not deserve to be ranked sorry sorry iowa um tough for you to hear that 3 p.m in fox to watch that slaughter happen all right all right desmond Western Kentucky and Arkansas. You're probably asking yourself, why was this game on here? Um, well, let me tell you. Chad Morris. Huh? Uh, was that SMU? 
He has his two and seven Baconators. That's what we're referring to them now, not horn, not Razorbacks, Baconators, okay? Um, and they've done nothing in the last few weeks to t show me that they can uh, contend with Western Kentucky and the Hilltoppers and their mascot, Big Red, that looks like just a big blob. Literally, this thing is a blob that just has a big mouth and just go, oh, oh, oh. So, uh, so they fought. I, I can't even remember that AM Arkansas game at this point because they just they put up a fight and it looked like that was their season. That was it. But they, Chad Morris was so confident that they were going to be able to get some wins that he created this thing called Club Dub, okay, like the Bears do, Club Dub. And they used, they've used it once because they – Created it against Colorado State, and that was it. They've used it. They've gotten two wins, but used it once. I'm sorry. Things have just crumbled, and uh, I don't know if this is even an upset because uh, Arkansas is only favored by a point and a half, and Western Kentucky is no slouch. I'm going to venture the guess that Arkansas, Chad Morris, his seat might be on fire by the time this game's over. I've got the Western Kentucky Hillstoppers from the Conference USA shocking the Arkansas Raiders and Bags. 37 to 35. Desmond, what about you? I don't know. I, I don't. I, I, I like Arkansas in this game, 21-19. I do know that they're in a tough season. But I, think, I just think that the experience they have against these tough SEC teams will prevail. And that game is at 11 o'clock on the SEC Network, so you can watch that potential upset occur. Either way, Arkansas, Chad Morris, does he survive the season and come back for a third season, or do you think he's gone after the end of the season? I think he's gone. Oh, got another coach on the potentially on the chopping block. All right, Illinois and Michigan State. Desmond. If I told you this, one team has gotten here with a chance to end the season strong, okay? The other team is Illinois. That put aside, the Fighting Illini have traveled to East Lansing looking for their first, for win number six, to go bowling for the first time in five long years, okay? They have not won a bowl game since the 90s. Since the 90s. That's when we weren't even born the last time they won in a, a bowl game. <laughs> they will celebrate with a, after a game-winning field goal. I've got the Illinois fighting the Lion Eye, which is really repetitive. 34, Michigan State Spartans, 31. I don't know. I'm just not feeling your picks today, George. I don't know what's going on here. I have I... life on the wild side sometimes. I, I have the Spartans win this game 37-22. And if you did, if that did come into play, Desmond, you would be playing to the spread. In fact, the spread is a 14.5-point spread for the Spartans. So, um, obviously, I'm going against Vegas, and you are going right in line with them. So, we'll see what happens there. All right, last two games, Liberty and BYU. Independents don't have their own conference yet. These are two independents that are playing each other, so maybe this is a quote-unquote conference game. Uh, but Liberty, if, Desmond, if I had to ask you, between these two teams, which team would you say is bowl eligible already? Just without, without like, just thinking about it, which team would you think would be bowl eligible? BYU. Wrong. 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 Okay. Wrong. 
there'll be Liberty Flames that are bowl eligible, and the BYU is four and four, looking for win number, wins number five and six. Despite Liberty making this a comeback attempt, BYU's search for six wins gets one win easier. They're good, too good at home. I've got the Cougars in this one, 44 to 33. What about you? Oh, wow. Um, actually, I have a good amount of friends that play for Liberty. Um, but I have BYU in this one. I have them winning 27. So you're going against uh, friendship, huh? And you're just you're uh, going against friendship and taking your gut. I'm just being realistic, George. I mean, I, I'm with you on that one. I'm with you on that one. BYU is a 17-point favorite. I've not seen that big of a favorite for BYU since maybe maybe early 2010. Maybe uh, they they're a home favorite, which doesn't mean much. But 6:30 kickoff on ESPNU. If you're interested in watching that game, because there really is no good night game this year. All right, um, Florida State and Boston College. This game I feel like has more hype before um, Willie Taggart got fired, and yet now it has even more hype now that he has been fired, and it's kind of like, what is this FSU team going to look like after the, the firing? But I feel like what people should be paying attention to is how good the Boston College Eagles run game is. A.J. Dillon, remember that name for the NFL. This guy has had like 300, 250 rushing yards in the last two games. He's averaging like two, maybe 170 something on the year. Guy is a beast. He's like 5'9", Desmond. He's a tiny, tiny little running back, but being able to sneak through holes and getting touchdowns and yards left and right is going to keep him on the scouting report for many teams, at least I hope. And I feel like... This game is a home game for Boston College, and that's going to be what puts them over the edge and puts the cherry on top. I've got the Boston College Eagles winning yet again, and another one, winning big. I mean ginormous, 42-20. to 20. Damn, George. Wait, check that. Check that. I'm ch- having a change of thought here. 42-10. to 10. Woo! 30-point 30 point win. No mercy for Florida State. No mercy. Long at Boston College within 24-6, but now you got me rethinking myself. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it. I'm just saying, it's like, George. Wow. <laughs> I hope they lose. <laughs> what, you hope Boston College loses? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because it's in that 30, like 32-point favorite <laughs> that you have. I mean, I mean, what was your score? 24 to? Six. In favor of? Boston College. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Boston College is a two-point favorite. Now, that line has moved back and forth. It started out as a Florida State two-point favorite. Then Taggart got fired. It became a pick Then it was a Boston College three-point favorite. Now it shifted down to two. So, curious to see if that will maybe move one more time before kickoff tomorrow morning, 11 a.m. on the ACC Network. All right, Desmond. We need a. We said this was going to be a short podcast before we started, but uh, we're kind of dragging this one out a little bit today. Uh, we got a scary good game. We have not done very well against the spread the last few weeks. Maybe we can get back on the right board this week. 
Kentucky, Tennessee, and Kentucky. Kentucky, this line was a pick em. It was even. It was t- Tennessee favorite, Kentucky favorite. It's now Kentucky favorite by one and a half points. For me, the volunteers have surprised me. You, don't, you can't, it's hard to surprise George on college football, okay? The volunteers have been able to do that. And for me, I feel like it's not how you start, it's all about how you finish. Tennessee needs this win, and they'll need one more to get the bowl eligibility. And I believe they will be able to do so. I've got the Tennessee Volunteers on good old Rocky Top taking this one. They take the points, they they, they uh, cover, and the points. I'm going to go opposite. I'm going to say Kentucky. Ooh. Yeah. Covers and outright, outright. or just covers? Covers and, out- covers and outright. Wow. What, 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 why? Just be, to be different or? Yep. Okay. We've been okay. we picking the same one the last three weeks, George. You got to switch it up. That's why our records look a little similar right now. Yeah, you're three and five against the spread. I'm four and five against the spread. Um, but it's a 630 kick, uh, the SEC Network's primetime game from Kroger Field in Lexington, Ken- Ken- Lexington Kentucky. Too many syllables there. All right, finally, small school week. Desmond, I know you don't have much to say about your small school. They're on the bye week. But they play Memphis next week, uh, so that should be a good one. But this week, it's Boise State week for the Wyoming Cowboys. This is like Bama week for the group of five. Wyoming's a 14-point underdog, but you know what? You don't count out underdogs that big. They've played some of their best football. They've had a bye week to prepare. This should be a good one in Boise. They are 1-6 on the blue turf, with their only win coming in a bowl game. They're 1-12 against the Broncos. That win came with Josh Allen at the helm in 2016 at home. Look, I may be be confident, but I know an upset when I see one. I'm not going to say this is my upset, because we just both picked the game. But make sure you tune in and stay up late for some Mountain West football at 9.15 on ESPN because I tell you, you're going to get a good one. I think the Boise State Broncos are going down. Wyoming will win the Mountain West Conference. They won't just win this game. They will win the entire conference. Mic drop. Mic drop. There's some bold predictions, George. And with that bold prediction, we're going to set a buzzer and timeout and complete episode number 31 of this podcast. Don't worry, we'll be back. What? I said also a missed fumble call. (laughs) Yeah, you know, we're not going to mess up this ending like the fumble, like the refs messed up that end of that Baylor-Texas Tech game. Uh, So we're going to halt put the halt on the conversation here to end episode number 31, but don't worry, we'll be back to recap Texas Tech football, look ahead to the last three games in the season. We'll definitely recap with rankings, the second rankings after the big weekend in college football, and much more here on episode 32 of the Fifth Quarter Podcast. For my colleague in Lubbock, he's... Des McLaughlin. And I'm George Coffin, College Station, signing off on a Friday evening, saying so long from the Fifth Quarter Podcast. Happy college football uh, Saturday.
and see you next week.